Hello, this is Josh Crispin, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. I'm not defeated. Somebody say, I'm a winner. I don't care how it looks. We win. Bump fists with somebody and tell them we win. We're on the winning side. Amen. Our God is victorious. Somebody say amen. He's already won the battle. The battle is not ours. It is his. He has already won the battle. Come on. Somebody say he's already won. Praise him for the victory in it right now. It's already won. It's already been completed. It's written in the book. feel like preaching. Somebody say, I am victorious. Now look at your neighbor and tell him, you are victorious. We are victorious. Amen. We are not born into poverty. Come on, we're not born into, when we're born of the water and of the spirit. We're born of a different birth. Come on, we're born of a kingdom that's not of this world. We're not born into poverty. We're born unto a father who owns it all. Come on, how many know the earth and the fullness thereof is God's? Everything is his. He said, I am the Lord that healeth thee. He's a God that provides for us, gives to us. He's a God that heals us and cares for us. Come on, clap your hands if you believe that. Love him this morning. He's worthy of our praise. Amen. Thank God for anointed worship. You know, there's places in the Bible where the prophet would say when he's looking for a word, say, bring the minstrel. Amen. Let me get some anointed musicians in here and let them play so that I can get a word from the Lord. Come on, amen. I mean, know oh, it's all tied together. Amen. When people begin to worship and play those instruments with anointing, amen, it makes all the difference. I mean, know oh, that when Saul was troubled, troubled of evil spirits, he'd bring little David in with his harp. Mm. See, David was out on the hillside with his sheep writing songs. Unto the, he wasn't writing them so they'd sell quick and so he could make a men off of it. He was writing them unto the Lord. Amen. He was describing the relationship that he had with God. It was something that was birthed in private, and he would play those songs to the sheep at night. And so when he was called to the palace to play to Saul, I mean, no, he was anointed. Those songs came from the depths of his being. Come on. Those, those songs of worship meant something. And how many know that God responded to that worship? And the Bible says that the evil spirits would depart. How many's ever been depressed? Amen. But you step into a church service. You can't get rid of it yourself. You try to pray it off, but it's like you can't touch heaven. But then you step into a service and the music begins to play. 
and the spirit of the Lord begins to fall like rain. Sometimes I can feel it settle upon my head like rain. That's the blessing of the Lord. Amen. And all of a sudden, that depression lifts. That spirit leaves. And you're able to lift your hands and you're able to weep before the Lord. God knows exactly where we're at. He knows what you're facing today. He is your strength and your fortress. How many know a present help in the time trouble? And I feel the Lord. He never said that we wouldn't have trouble. But he said he would be a present help in the time of trouble. That when you're facing trouble, he's going to be there. Come on. He's, he's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's somebody that you can depend on, somebody that you can look to. Come on. I don't know what you're facing today, but he's present help this morning. If you, if you need something from the Lord, right, there's, a, there's an anointing that's upon me to speak the word. That's the word today. Lift your hands unto the Lord and say, God, I need your touch today. What do you need from him? Make your petition made known to him today. He's a present help in your trouble. Mm. Wow. The heavens are open this morning. The heavens are open this morning. God, thank you all for being here today. If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord, give somebody a fist bump next to you. Say, I'm thankful for being here today. Amen. I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Praise God. The book of Nehemiah. Start reading at verse 2. Verse 1. Sorry about that. I forget that I got to voice it. See, I know where I'm going, but y'all don't. Praise the Lord. Book of Nehemiah, chapter 2. Chapter 1, verse 2. the Lord. Those of you who don't know, we have started a media fast, and we're asking that everybody get involved. Uh, we're fasting uh, entertainment for a month, for 30 days. Um, Facebook, Instagram, movies, television, anything that, that satisfies your fleshly mind or your a lot of times people kill time with entertainment and we're taking a period of time to cleanse ourselves so that we can be sensitive to the spirit of God. 
I mean, how many want to be more sensitive to what God is saying? Amen. How many know that we have to separate ourselves unto God? And sometimes we're so full that we're not hungry for Him. How many know what I'm talking about? You ladies know what I'm talking about. You go through the trouble of making dinner and your family shows up and they've already ate something. How's that make you feel? What? I, I slaved. And you stopped at McDonald's? That's what it's like. You're stopping and getting junk, and God's got a meal prepared, but you're not hungry for it. Amen. We've got to be hungry for the Lord. We know we have to separate ourselves unto Him. We need to go through periods of time where we separate our minds so that we can reconnect with the Spirit of God. Somebody say amen. We'd like everybody to get involved. If you have any questions, uh, you can contact me. And I'll be happy to answer them. Verse 2. That Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of the captivity and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. Notice how in my Bible they are in great affliction and reproach is kind of uh, highlighted. And the wall of Jerusalem also is broken down. That's highlighted too. And the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear now be attentive and thine eyes open that thou mightest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and confess the sins of the children of Israel, which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house have sinned. We have dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept the commandments nor the statutes nor the judgments which thou commandedest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commanded thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if ye turn unto me, somebody say, turn unto me, and keep my commandments and do them, Though there were of you cast out unto the uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and will bring them into the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayer of thy servants 
who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. The vision of restoration. The vision of restoration. It all starts with a burden. It all starts with a burden. Amen. While we lift our hands to the Lord right now, just begin to pray to him. Lay your Bibles down. Just take a moment, just you and him. God, I love you today, Lord. I'm thankful for what I feel in the house of the Lord today. Thankful, Lord, for your presence. Thankful, God, for your touch. I pray, Lord, that you would speak, Lord, expressly today. God, I pray with clarity, Lord, your word would go forth. God, it would minister, Lord, to every spirit, every heart in the house. I pray, God, that you would give us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hearts to be understanding of your word. God, I pray that your word would go forth with faith, God, with anointing, and it would not return void, but it would accomplish that which you've sent it to. We'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands one more time. You can be seated. A vision of restoration. It all starts with a burden. Amen. Nehemiah uh, is one of the great stories of the Bible. Um, it has spoken to me many times uh, in my life uh, throughout my walk with God. Uh, Nehemiah was uh, a Jew. And uh, he was serving the king uh, in which they were taking captive. Nehemiah was the cupbearer of the king. He wasn't just living uh, in a different kingdom. He was the cupbearer of the king. He had been elevated to a position in the kingdom that he was serving um, because he was seen to be uh, a man of great character. Um, Nehemiah was um, living under the favor of Esther. Amen. How many know that? How many remember the story of Esther? How that Esther was a Jew, and that there was a uh, Haman was a man that was in the court of the king that had a desire to kill off the Jewish people because when the blessing of the Lord is upon God's people, there are certain people that want to try to stomp that out. But how many know that when God's blessing you, no devil in hell can stop it? Somebody say Amen. And so there was a there was a little bit of a. a a fight, spiritual battle that went on there in the kingdom with Esther and how that Mordecai went to Esther and Esther was married to the king and he won and, and, and uh, it was her uh, place at that time to go before the king and ask that he have mercy upon the Jews. The Bible says that Mordecai, which was uh, Esther's uncle, I believe, went to Esther and said, how do you know that you're not brought to the kingdom 
for such a time as this. How many remember that? And it was her moment to shine. He even said to her that, that if, if you don't go to the king, don't think of yourself in this instance. Don't worry about your own skin, in other words. Don't worry about you. Worry about everybody else around you because if you don't go to the king, God's going to bring deliverance from somebody, but you and your house are going to be destroyed. Come on. How many know that's a spiritual principle? If we don't do what we can do, how many know it's going to affect our personal relationship with God? Because when God puts you in a position of authority or influence, we have a responsibility to use that influence to help God's people. Come on. Or to bless God's people. Somebody say amen. Amen. And so Nehemiah was living under the favor of Esther. Um, the, Esther would have been uh, the stepmother of the king, I believe. And uh, um, so Nehemiah, being one of the Jews, was elevated because of the favor of Esther. Amen. How many know that when we have a walk with God and relationship with God and the favor of God is upon us, that it's not just for us? Amen. The favor of God is not just to come upon us and stop with us. I believe that the favor of God is generational. Amen. I believe that it goes beyond us, that if the favor of God is upon me, that the favor of God is going to be on my children and my grandchildren and my great-grandchildren. Somebody say amen. I believe that I'm living under the blessings of my mother and my father for walking with God, for being pray, praying people. I believe that God has honored their prayers. I believe the reason I'm standing here preaching to you today is because I had somebody praying for me, somebody pulling on heaven for me, somebody calling out my name in prayer. Somebody say amen. Amen. Nehemiah was enjoying the blessing of people that had gone before him. He had the favor of the king. Amen. And when you have the favor of the king, you have an audience to the king. Amen. When you have favor with the king, the king listens to what you have to say. Amen. When you have favor with the king, the king cares about your well-being, and he cares about what you care about. Come on. He cares about what's connected to you. Amen. Not just your immediate family, but he cares about your friends. He cares about your coworkers. He cares about your community. Come on. He cares about everybody and everything that you're connected to. And we have to realize this morning that as children of the living God, we have an audience with the king. I have a voice with the God of heaven. I have a voice with the creator of the universe. I am an heir to God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ and he listens to my cry. He listens to my prayer. We need to realize this morning if you have a care about somebody you care about call their name out in prayer and God will respond. Somebody say amen. Clap your hands and love him today. Amen. Nehemiah he was positioned in a great place. He was comfortable where he was at. Amen. 
One day, some of the people came back from Jerusalem that had been there and kind of scouted out what was going on in the, in the holy city. Uh, they, they came back, and, and uh, uh, Nehemiah knew them, and of course, he, he was longing to hear the news uh, come from Jerusalem. Um, he couldn't just get on Instagram and check, out, check it out. Right? He had to, uh, I think they're better off having an eyewitness. Man. And so some folks came back, and Nehemiah began to ask some questions. Amen. He began to ask some questions about what was taking place in the kingdom in Jerusalem. He asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped. He asked them about the ones that were left from the captivity, and he asked them about uh, Jerusalem as a whole. You know, how does it fare? How many know that in order to get the information that you want, you have to ask the right questions? Amen. First of all, you got to care. Have you ever talked to somebody and, and you're telling them about something uh, that you care about deeply and, and it just hits them and rolls off and they, they don't respond to what you said. In fact, they, they pick up the conversation and take it a different direction of something they care about. You know what I'm talking about? How many like to talk to those people? No. Uh, in order to show that you care, you ask questions, right? You're having a conversation. and Like uh, Brother and Sister Smith just got their cupboards in. They're fixing up their kitchen, and uh, he's telling us about it. And, and of course, Becca's really... Uh, interested in fixing up kitchens because we got one that's tore apart. Amen. And so, uh, did you get your cupboards? Uh, how do they look? Are, are they in the right shape? Do, are they the way that you ordered them? Come on. How many know that when you care, you ask questions about the situation going on? If you're not going to ask any questions, you're not going to get any answers. Come on, I always encourage new converts, ask the questions. Because anytime you have questions, how many know God has answers? Amen. And that's how we grow in the Lord. We ask the questions and he gives the answers. Amen. Some people don't want you asking them questions. It's a, it's a, it's a trouble to them if you start asking them a lot of questions. But whenever somebody begins to interrogate me about my religion or what I believe in or why I believe the way I believe, I take that as an opportunity to be a witness for the Most High God and say, this is why I believe what I believe. And Paul said that you should be ready to answer every man of the hope that is in you. We should know what we believe. If you don't know why you believe what you believe, you need to start asking asking some questions. It needs to get on the inside of you, down on the inside, so that you can give it to somebody else. Somebody say amen. How many know the favor don't stop with me? It's supposed to flow through me. Salvation don't stop with me. Come on, it flows through me. Wisdom don't stop with me. 
It flows through me. Blessing don't stop with me. Come on. It flows through me. It's a spiritual concept. If God gives it to you, you're supposed to give it to somebody else. Come on. If God lays it on you, it's your responsibility to pass it on to somebody else. It's your responsibility, if you don't have anybody, to start asking some questions so you can find somebody to give what God has given you to. Come on, somebody. If you don't give it to somebody, Somebody else, how many know he'll take it away? If you don't give it out, he'll take it away. Freely you have received, freely give. Amen. Nehemiah began to ask the right questions. Let me tell a story real quick. I hope this is okay. Um, I should have asked my mom if it was okay to share, but uh, I'm sure it will. Back when my dad was pastoring in Otsego, um, there was a lady that lived next door to us. And um, she came to our church, my dad's church that he pastored. And um, she was faithful coming. She lived right down the road. Uh, But she was a little bit of a mean woman. (laughs) A little bit mean. We'd hit our ball over into her yard. She wouldn't even let us go get it. And so we'd jump the fence and sneak and get it and jump the fence. A covert operation. You keep watch, right? I'm going to sneak around the back of the house. We had to get our ball, man. We didn't have a lot of them. And and so this lady had a leak, a water leak in her, in her front yard for, for years. It was messed up for a long time. It was always wet down here in, in the bottom part of her yard. And so she had some men come in to dig it up and to fix the water leak. And so as they were fixing the water leak that she had in her yard, they discovered that her house, her well was feeding her house, but it was also feeding the house across the road. Okay, And it had been this way for years. And when she found out that the, her, her well was feeding their well, she got upset about it. And she came to my dad and she said, what am I supposed to do? And he's like, leave it alone. It's been feeding both houses for years. It must have the capability to feed both houses. Come on, somebody. It's feeding your house, but your house is feeding their house. Come on. And, and she's like, I can't do that. I, I, can't, I can't do that. He's like, you better leave it alone. Don't touch anything. Just bury it. They got it fixed. Bury it. Leave it alone. Uh, put it in God's hands. She didn't do that. She had them unhook it. They unhooked the, their source of water. These were not Christian people. These were uh, people that didn't, didn't live for God. and In fact, as a Christian, uh, I don't know how you can cut off somebody's water supply and sleep at nighttime. Amen. But she cut it off, and, of course, they were left with no water. It's quiet. It wasn't very long that well dried up. Man, 
It wasn't within a couple weeks, three weeks, whatever. That well dried up. It went dry, completely dry. And she comes crying to dad. Dad says, I told you. Because when your house is feeding somebody else, we got to realize that our life is not our own, that God don't just bless us just for us. Come on, just to hoard it and hold it and, and keep it in so that my children can have peace and my children can have money and blessing and a warm place to live. But he feeds us so that we can feed other people. Come on, he gives us word so that we can give other people. And if we cut off other people, he will cut us off. Amen. We have to realize that, that, that he's the source of everything that we need. He's the source. As long as we're dependent upon him, he is the source. But we have to realize not only is he the source for us, but he's the source for everybody connected to us. Come on. I, gotta, I have to realize individually that God's blessing to me is God's blessing through me. And I have to begin to look around at the people connected to me and say, what do they need? that I have. I want to give them what I have so that God continues to pour into my life. Clap your hands and love him today. Amen. It dried up. Wow. Amen. When we cut other people off, that's why unforgiveness is so dangerous. Because when you sever other people, God severs you. Amen. He said, if you don't forgive other people their trespasses, then you can't be forgiven your trespasses. Amen. You ever hear the story of the unforgiving servant? You know, where the unforgiving servant, he got forgiven of all of his debt, but he wouldn't forgive the guy that, that owed him just a couple of dollars. And the king unforgave him. So when you have unforgiveness in your heart, God will unforgive you. Man, that's why it's so dangerous. We got to let people go, release it. Freely you have received, freely give. I know they done you wrong. I know they hurt, hurt you. They offended you. They, they talked about you behind your back. They stole money from you. Whatever it was that they did to you, forgive it. Let it go. Because in order to be forgiven, I have to forgive. That's free. That's for free there. That wasn't even in my notes. We enjoy a life of protection and blessing. Sometimes we never concern ourselves with the details of other people's situations. Think about it. Because the burden is in the details. That's where it's at. Nehemiah started asking questions about what was going on in Jerusalem. And when he started getting the details of the situation, something began to settle upon him. All of a sudden, he began to feel compassion for the people in Jerusalem. Amen. He began to feel the hurt that they were feeling. Sometimes, as children of God, we are shielded from 
a lot of what the world is going through. Amen. And we have, if, if the only time you ever go out is to come to church, there's a lot that you're not seeing. And you're going to think that the whole world lives like you. Come on. You're going to think that the whole world lives under the blessing of the hand of God. And that's not the reality. Amen. Sometimes in order to feel a burden from the Lord, well, God didn't put any burden on me. I don't feel for, to, to give to that. I don't feel. Uh, how many, if you start asking questions and be intentional, intentional about finding out the details of people's lives, you'll begin to feel what they're feeling and feel the compassion of what they're going through. And a burden will settle upon you whether you want it or not because you're human and you know what it is to feel hurt. You know what it is to be tired. You know what it is to be hungry. You know what it is to be lost. Come on, somebody. Somebody needs to start asking questions so that you can feel the burden again. Mm. When the burden leaves, how many's ever had the burden leave? It's because we quit concerning ourselves with the details of our community, the details of people's lives around us, and we start looking inward to at ourselves. Come on. We start worrying about ourselves, our family, our job, what we want, our feelings. Come on. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, my comfort, as long as my comfort's not messed up, I don't care what somebody else is going through. That's dangerous. That's where the United States of America is at. Amen. It's not going to be long where the blessing's going to be pulled off and people are going to know what it is to be hurting and they're going to know what it is to be hungry and they're going to know what it is not to, to be in trouble and not have the answer. Come on, somebody. Sometimes we have to be reminded. When somebody falls asleep, have you ever watched anybody fall asleep? There could be... <laughs> Becca falls asleep in the chair every night. She gets up early. She goes all day. And when she sits down at nighttime, it's lights out. She'll sit by the fire, and that warm fire starts getting on her. Last night I looked over there, and she was like, I said, and it wasn't very long where I was going. She got up. When she got up, it woke me up. I was like, where are you going, hon? She said, we might as well just go to bed. When somebody falls asleep, they lose sight of what's going on around them, and everything slips to internal, right? The body shuts down, but how many know that on the inside you're still functioning, but you slip into a place that's subconscious? It's like a dreamland. What's called dreamland? It's not real. When you're asleep, you're living in a world that's not real. Sometimes you have dreams about unicorns. Paisley, where's Paisley? 
have crazy dreams. How many ever have crazy dreams? And you, and you wake up and you think, man, I'm so glad that wasn't real. How many ever said that? I'm so glad that was just a dream. I've woken up sometimes and been so relieved in my spirit, like, oh, God, thank you, that was a dream because it was so real. But it was a false reality. A bird, listen to me, this is straight from the throne. A burden is awareness. It's, it is. It's awareness of what's going on around you. So if we are living our lives focused on ourselves, we're not living in true reality. Think about it. We're living in a dream world that one of these days we're going to be woke up from. And how many knows when somebody's sleeping, you really got to do something to wake them up? A lot of times you got to throw cold water on them. These teenage boys are hard to wake up sometimes. My dad used to get a squirt gun and put cold water in it. I think he put it in the freezer for a while. Sunday mornings, here he comes sniping us. He wouldn't stop till you woke up. Right in the ear. Be like, Dad, quit! Roll over. Next thing you know. Now it's you in your underwear. Right? Cover up now. Stop, please. But guess what? You wake up. Man, I want to tell you, God knows how to wake us up. That's why he said, don't just pray. Watch and pray. Watch and pray. Because if you're watching, you're going to see what's going on around you. Somebody said, well, I can't pray for more than 15 minutes because I don't have that much to pray about. Start looking around you. Because if you become aware of the details of the situations that surround you, you won't be wanting for anything to pray. You won't have time in the day to pray for all the needs that God will place on you because a burden is awareness. And if we don't start asking the questions, we'll fall asleep and we'll be lost with the world. Amen. That's good preaching. We need to wake up. Come on, we need to wake up. We need to get our focus off of us. Uh, come on, God has reprimanded me. Get your focus off of yourself and start looking around you because there's people that I want to use you to heal. There's people that I want to use you to save. There's people that need what you have. There's people that need a witness of who Jesus Christ is. Come on, clap your hands and love him today. And God forbid that we would have what they needed and we would withhold it. Because after I've been saved, I know the way. Come on, it's my responsibility to pass it on. 
I want to tell everybody under the sound of my voice, start looking around you. Amen. You won't have to look very far. Trust me. There's hurting people that's surrounding us. There's hurting children that need somebody. There, there, there's hurting couples that are going through divorce and adultery. There's hurting uh, children that are suffering need who don't have enough food for the day. Come on. Don't have the clothing. There's people living under the bridge. Come on. Open up our eyes and look around Cambridge and we'll begin to become aware of the needs that surround us because restoration first comes when we become aware of the surroundings and what the needs are in our community and then God will use the giftings and the resources that we have to meet the needs in our community. Vision starts, come on, with awareness. Somebody say amen. Clap your hands and love him today. Man, I'm so burdened in my spirit. I've preached a half an hour and I'm not even close. Start asking the right questions. If you start learning the details of people's lives, what they're going through, come on, what has happened to them, too many times we judge people's situations without the whole story. We look at them and cast judgment because of the way they look or how they are on the outside, but we don't really ever take time to probe a little bit and find out what the details are. And once you start finding out the details, all of a sudden your outlook changes and you begin to understand a little bit of why they are the way they are, why they've been through what they've been through, why they're in the situation that they're in right now. Don't you dare judge anybody until you walk a mile in their shoes because God says if you judge, you're going to be judged. I wouldn't want to be judged with the same judgment. Man, it's all in the details. Somebody say it's in the details. It might stir you up. Let me just say it. Take the might out of there. It'll stir you up. And you'll wonder, how was this going on right in front of me? And I didn't even know. There's situations in this church. Come on, there's people in this church that are hurting. Come on, that need a friend. People that are bedfast, people that uh, call this their church, but they can't come out and go to church. Come on, if we would start digging into the details, we would find our passion again. Let me say amen. How many know what, G- what drove Jesus to the cross? was the details of our lives. What caused him to give his life for us was our needs. That's what the church is called to be. Amen. It's not just jumping and shouting. Come on. It's not just God blessing me, although I enjoy the blessing of the Lord and I'm thankful for the blessing of God. But that's not what it's all about. It's about other people. Somebody say other people. 
go on any further. It's been too long. We didn't start till 11. I'm not going to go any further. I'm not. I feel like that God has given us what we need today. I'll continue this next week if God will let me. I'll continue it on Thursday if the Lord allows. But we need to understand the first step to vision is awareness. Amen. It's becoming aware of the people around us, becoming aware of the people connected to us. Come on, becoming aware of the situations that are there. Watch and pray. Come on, don't just watch and not pray because if you just watch and not pray, you'll get depressed. There's a lot of watching going on and a little praying Amen. And, and, and if there's a lot of watching and you're, you're aware of all the situations going around, but you're not taking them to God, you can't bear that alone. You can't do that by yourself. It'll drive you into deep depression, and you'll start thinking, well, there is no God. Why is there all this trouble? Why is there all this sickness? Why is there all this uh, oppression going on? The reason uh, he wants you to watch is not so you can take care of it, but so that you can include heaven in it. Come on, that you can say, thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it's already purposed in heaven. Come on, when the church starts watching and praying, there will be a revival in this city that's unprecedented. There will be healings. There will be ministries. Come on, birthed because a vision begins with awareness. It begins with watching and praying heaven to earth. Stand to your feet all around the building and lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, give me vision. Come on, give me vision. Give me vision, Lord, I pray. Give me vision, Jesus. Cause me to look through the eyes of the cross. Cause me to see people, Lord, the way you see them. Come on, church, pray. Cause me to have compassion. I need your love. I want to feel what you feel. I want to see what you see. I want to be a conduit, Lord, for your power. I want to be a conduit, Lord, for your blessing. God, I want to be a conduit for your anointing, God, for your word. I want to be a conduit, God, flow through me, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Listen to me just for a moment. We don't want to be troubled with the details. We don't want to 
be troubled with the ins and outs of situations we want to be shielded from. You know, Jesus, the Bible says, took up on him the form of a man, made himself in the likeness of men, it behooved him or it was necessary for him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a great and merciful high priest of the things pertaining to God. Because not only did he know what it was like to be God, he knew what it was like to be a man. He knew what it was like to hurt. Come on, to feel to be hungry, to be tired. He knew what it was like to have temptation. Come on, somebody. He knew what it was like. He wasn't shielded from those things. But the knowledge of those things is what drove him to the cross. The knowledge of the details will make us what we're supposed to be. Your ministry is in the details. Come on. Because when those details start to be poured out, there will be certain things that will catch your heart. Come on. There will be certain things that you care about more than others. It will grip your heart and you'll say, I can't believe that there are children that are out there that are like that. And you'll want to start working to bring them from where they should be or from where they're at to where they should be. Because ministry, the details show you where what the reality is. Come on, somebody. You know what the purpose of God is, but it's ministry that brings people from where they are to where they should be. Come on. And if somebody don't have the questions to find out the details, there will be no ministry to meet the need. Quit praying about your ministry and start asking the questions that need to be asked. Start feeling around to the people around you and God will put a burden on your heart and you will have a ministry. begins with a burden and burdens begin with awareness I didn't get past the first scripture amen but Nehemiah asked the right questions and when he started asking the right questions come on and he got the answers to the questions that he was asking, he knew what Jerusalem should have been. Come on. He knew who the people of God were meant to be. He knew. But when he got the reality of the situation through the details, he began to see the discrepancy between the two, and the burden fell upon him because he cared about God and his kingdom. I want to tell you right now, I don't care how comfortable we've been in the past. God's going to pour the details upon us. And when he does, there's going to be a burden fall. 
and vision's going to open up. When we see, we become aware of the people around us in our community. The vision, listen to me. I'm going to release this till next week, but the vision is dictated by the damage that needs to be repaired. vision is dictated by the damage that needs fixed or by the restoration that needs to take place. That's why every church is not the same in every city. Because every city has its own problems. Come on. Every city has its own situations that need to be... Every, I believe that every city has its own spirit. And in order to combat the damage, there's got to be a church that has a vision that's aware of the situation and lets God develop a vision based on the awareness of what's going on around us. And when that begins to happen, there will be a repairing of the breach. Come on. The things... The damage will be eliminated and people will begin to be at the place where God has purpose for them to be. That's the church's responsibility. That's our responsibility. God has the power to do it. God has the ability to make it happen through us. But we got to care. Nehemiah didn't know how to build walls. Come on, think about it. He was a cupbearer. He'd probably been sitting in the king's court from the time he was just a child. I don't know. He, 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 he was raised in favor. If you've been raised in a Christian home and you know the truth, you've been raised in favor. Amen. He didn't know how to build walls. But he did it. Come on, somebody. He didn't know how to restore it, but he had a vision because he became aware of the things around him. And he began to pray because awareness will make you pray. Come on. Awareness will drive you to your knees and make you begin to call on the name of the Lord. I can't do anything to fix it. I don't know how I'm going to do it. All I know is the way I feel. But God, I call upon you. And when we begin to care about what God cares about and pray to him for it, he will give us the strength, the ability, come on, the resources to do everything that he has called us to do. But the church has to become the church. your hands right now and just begin to pray. God, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, help me to be aware right now. That needs to be our prayer. Let's do whatever it takes, God, for me to wake up, for me to be aware of my surroundings, Lord. If I've fallen asleep, if I've gotten comfortable with where I'm at, God, if I've taken my eyes off of the people around me and I've placed my eyes on myself, God, I pray, Lord, that you would stir me this morning. Wake me up, God. Help me to realize that this is not about me. This is about them. This is not about us. This is about the people 
people around us. God, in the name of Jesus, stir us to an altar of repentance. As we come into altar call, the first thing that Nehemiah did is he repented. repented for the generation that had gone before him. He said, both me and my father's house. I don't even think Nehemiah was born when they went into captivity. I don't know. I'd have to research it. But he repented for it anyways. Because as long as I'm sitting and soaking up the luxury and the comfort of the church, I have a responsibility to give what I have. Amen. I believe the first, the, the first step we need to make this morning is to crawl into an altar of repentance and begin to, 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 to ask God to forgive us, not just us. God, forgive all the churches that have missed it, God. Come on, forgive all the pastors that have missed it. Forgive all the ministers in the churches and the congregations that have missed it. Forgive everybody, all of us, Lord, that uh, those of us that have been sanctified, washed in the blood of Jesus, filled with the Spirit, and we have not been what you have called us to be, Lord. God, we, we, we repent before you this morning, God. We ask that you would forgive us, that you would wake us up, Lord, to the reality that surrounds us. Make us the church that you have called us to be. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.